This is Comet Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason Glick. What's going on in your neck of the woods? Oh, not much, but hey, 300, man. 300. That's a good... That's a. There's a lot of coolness with 300, isn't there? <laughs> 300 important of you, yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> if you're Frank Miller, it means something else. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know. If you're a howling supporter of the alt-right, it means a lot, too. So. Yeah, evidently. So we can we can take we can take a more neutral ground than that, I think. So I think that 300 means the episode that we're on right now, and that's fucking yes. fantastic. So there we go. So what do you have in store for this conversation? Well, it's like, I guess, you know, it's like, think the way things worked out, it's like, it's something like pretty timely, I think. Cause like, I guess we're both able to talk about, you know, that, that Joker movie that came out, it's like over a week ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it premiered last week, uh, and, um, and it broke some records, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah like biggest, um, October opening, like it beat, it beat Venom last it, year. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like the second biggest, like our, our rated opening behind, um, you know, the original Deadpool, well, De- well, Deadpool and Deadpool 2, so it's the third biggest R-rated opening, but still it made a lot of fucking money for um, a film that, you know, a sense of that, you know, its creators basically said, no, we're doing a standalone film, we're not tying into any of that Batman mythos or anything, we're doing like a serious take on this, on the origin of the, like this, the, the Clown Prince of Crime and all, which mm-hmm. I think has its own issues we'll get to that in a bit absolutely okay yeah but i guess like john you told me you told me you you really liked it though like haha yes um because one can uh, i can appreciate um uh there's it's to me i liked it as a film now mind you my whole uh my whole way of reviewing films is literally twofold. So I look at it from somebody that, you know, perspective of I've never, I don't know what this is. I don't know what the universe is. Um, you know, take, uh, you know, like star Wars, um, you know, the last Jedi, you know, I can take that film and I look at it and I go, you know what, as a, you know, if, I don't know a lot about things, you know, and I'm just looking at how the how everything's laid out, the plot structure. Yeah, there's a slow speed chase in it. That's okay. It's a little O.J. Simpson-y, but that's okay. Um, does it do, do the elements kind of work? Is it a little long winded? Does it do this or do that? You know, how's it how's it work as a standalone film? Um, that's how. Uh, so when I make the comment that this is a good film, this is a good film, um, standalone. Um, I'm totally totally good with it. Um, I like Joaquin Phoenix's uh, character, <laughs> um, so uh, you know, and and the way that uh, you know the way it was portrayed. So that is my basis for saying I like the film. However, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here we this, go. This this is not a film that is simply about some guy who is dejected down and and you know um and you know is turned and spit on by every element of society this is yeah, about like, joker yeah it's about the guy who like you know he said he's he's turned who's he was like um deject, who's like spit on by society and then becomes you know one of our most iconic supervillains right you know, and I was kind of hoping the, for the whole element of you know, uh, you know, and I and I know everybody, 
I, at least the, the scuttlebutt was is that everybody was comparing this to Heath Ledger's Joker. I suppose because, well, not that Jared Leto's Joker was. I, I think we're we're not going to talk about him here. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Did you, I didn't see um, Suicide Squad. Did yeah, you yeah. see Suicide no, Squad? No, I did not see Suicide Squad. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm I'm leaving this one out of the conversation because I don't think that he was a major player in that film. Correct me if I'm wrong, Internet, but I don't think that he was the focus. When you're talking about, like, The Dark Knight, and you're talking about this film, he most certainly is the focus. So it is the best comparison we can do, because I don't recall any other movies, you know, that have him represented like that outside of Suicide Squad. I mean, like, represented the character, the Joker, right? Outside Mm -hmm. of that. So... So now, now, now you put on your filters and you go, hmm, this is, um, and, and this is my opinion, a lot of this is very antithetical to what the, the character of the Joker actually is. I could, I could, uh, you know, if I have Wait, to... Wait, did you say a- antithetic or empathetic? Uh, no, anti-antithetic. Okay. So when I look at this a movie and I think of who the Joker is, I don't think of this guy. Mostly, I don't think of this person, this character that's built in this movie. And I have to wonder about this, and, and maybe you have a little bit more, but I know that, I know that, you know, his name has been represented as Jack Napier before, which I think, I want to say that we can thank Tim Burton for this. Yes, um, we can. Origin. Um, but it has been represented, uh, I think it's been, he's represent, been represented as that name before in comics. So, um, now his name is um, Al- Arthur Fleck. Arthur Fleck, right. So, okay, so there's that. Um, you know, um, and maybe there's subterfuge. But again, I'm doing the same thing that I did with The Last Jedi. I start filling in the blanks for the writers, and this is where I have, uh, this is one of my bigger problems with this. It's like, if I have to sit here and justify things to make a, a character work in my head, that means you didn't write him well. <laughs> and that's, you know, it's like, well, maybe, maybe, and by the way, everyone, this is a little going to go into spoiler territory, but I have to say it, but, you know, maybe, you know, he got his followers and his henchmen from the following and the uprising after the killing and he was, you know, rescued. Okay, fine. You, you, you can make that argument. It doesn't say it. It's not in the script of the film. Maybe we'll get some kind of extended cut when we get the Blu-ray. But we're not, that's not something you'd have to, in, you have to put that in there. Maybe, maybe him being off the medication makes him more of an intelligent, uh, you know, um, being off of it makes him more of an intelligent criminal. Uh, but we don't really see that in this film. It's not, it's not explained. It's not even, it's not even addressed. You know, it, 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 we, we know that his medication stops. Um, yeah, because and like, you know, can, his, cause funding was cut off. Right, because funding was cut off. And this is, by the way, I, I, you know, I kind of dig that kind of whole, like, okay, you know, we're going to show, like, what happens when social programs that go to, um, to benefit some of the more needy elements of our society are killed. Okay, cool. I'm fine with that. Um uh, you know, and, and, you know, I've, yeah, it's, you know, that, that's fine, 
but you know, uh, we did talk about the White Knight on this podcast before, yes. which is almost like it's almost like you know, like the inverse of this. Story. Exactly the inverse, and that's one of the things that I kind of go, hmm. Okay, okay. If if we're doing this. Um, you know, uh, then that means that are we are we changing the mythos? Are we redefining it? Uh, you you st- you stated earlier, yeah, this is uh, you know the creators wanted to to just do this whole thing originally. Okay, so now we're talking about something totally different because his character stand alone, motherfucker, stand alone. Now, by the way, if they had just ironed out some of these issues and kind of made the continuity fit his personality, I think that DC should do more of these films. Because I think that it shows they have potential to do R-rated films that are good, you know. So mm-hmm. that's my, uh, you know, um, I recommend people see it. But uh, you know, if you're going there expecting, you know, you know, um, you know, the guy in the Dark Knight who you know takes all the money and and pours gasoline on it and burns it, you know, just because he wants to watch the world burn. Um, I think he might be in a little bit of a disappointment. I'm sorry, because this guy is not that person. So, um, however, okay, so I I I throw it over to you because I know you've seen it, um, and those are some of my initial thoughts. And I can address anything else that you bring up. It might kick my memory up but yeah because like i mean there, there's one thing in the movie that i think like the, the creators like hedge themselves like a big get out of free get out of jail free card yeah. but you know it's like as far as the movie goes like i i enjoyed it in the sense that it was it was well made well shot and goddamn joaquin phoenix crushes it yeah. like i mean like regardless of you know how well you decide you determine to prove it like well is this is his performance like actual joker ish it is a great performance regardless. Like someone who he fully commits to this, to the story of Arthur Fleck and makes us believe, makes us believe in it. And to, actually to the point where, where I looked at the film, I thought, you know, there are some points where I, I looked at, looked at this stuff and go, Hey, you know, this is genuine. This is Joker stuff. This is like someone who's like really like on board with this kind of approach, this kind of insanity. And it's, it's like, and it works. Like, like the bits towards the end with when um he's you know like he's visited by his, his um bad friend from 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 the clown job and and the midget mm-hmm. yeah and um when um the mid when he's when Arthur just tells the midget he can go and like yeah, the guy's kind of like oh like he's relieved at first but then when he gets to the door and he realizes that that Arthur's locked it and you're kind of like oh shit that's like that's that's complete. That's real. That's some Joker level shit right there. To like to like lock the door for a short person right there, mm-hmm. and you know it's like I I was honestly like nervous as to what was going to happen next. Yeah. Like yeah, because like that was that like that kind of like uncertainty, and also like during his during some parts with his interview with um, it's like with um Murray Franklin. It's like I think it was his name, but Robert De Niro's character. It's like. Like on on the show, and I'm thinking like, yeah, this is kind of feels like what, I, what my my belief of the what the Joker is, someone who just you know, but it's like who has this like you know this this utterly nihilistic view of the world, and he's just like he's got this like this this twisted, almost funny, darkly comic exp- like exploration of it. It's like, and you know, it's like, and you know, it's like, and yeah, I guess it. Do you think that um to the extent that you know 
parts of like Joker comport with my vision of of the character. I think that's testament to, like to, Wa- to Joaquin Phoenix. But I don't know. It's like it's. I think that you know like, when you're, you're they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. The filmmakers were when they basically say that okay, we're doing like a standalone movie that's like divorced from like the Batman mythos. It's like we were just like you know like present this serious exploration of like what turns like an average person into a criminal mastermind, the clown prince of crime. And I just don't think they pull it off really. It's like, it's yeah. It's like they, like, I mean, like you, sure. It's like, I mean, if you want to have the, like, you know, this, like this serious grinded character study, then don't connect it to Batman. Just have it, embrace it on its own terms. Don't, um, like, don't, like, show us how um, Bruce Wayne's parents die. It's like, you know, at the end of the movie. It's like, because, like, that, on one hand, that kind of feels like the worst kind of corporate mandate. Like, someone basically said, no, you gotta have, like, like Bruce Wayne's parents die. But that actually kind of works on a certain level, because for reasons I'll get into once I start talking about, like, the, the comics origins of Joker. But, um, it's like, but, oh, wait, where's... Where was I? Where was I going? Going, going with this? God, God damn it! No, um, no, no. But you put, you know, you're talking about how, uh, you know, it, it feels like that that it was just kind of added in there because you have to have that element of yeah, of of like, them of them of them being shot and killed, you know, as a result of, and it had to be in this movie. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. It's like just don't um have that connection to Batman. Just mm-hmm. just have this be. Like you know, like the st- the standalone movie that doesn't tie into the Batman mythos. Yep. Tying it into the Batman mythos just generally doesn't does this film no favors, especially if you're not going to follow it up. So I mean, like for all I know, like maybe like Warner's like looked at this, looked at the first first weekend grosses and basically told the filmmakers, basically saying, "Hey, you're making a sequel now. You're not going to, you not want to announce it, but you're making a sequel now." Yeah. So, yeah. but um, I don't know. It's like it's. Like I said, it, but also like the um, the director, the creators, especially director Todd Phillips, has basically said this is kind of the uh, the comic movie for people who hate comic books, and that's kind of like really. Ooh. It's like it just feels like kind of like okay, yeah. It's like you're trying like it's it's a case of a case of trying to have your cake and eat it too, and it just doesn't work. It's like I said, it, it's like it, it annoys me, and you know, it's like it's like and you know, it's like I like I said, I can I can I can enjoy a lot. Of, a lot, of, a lot of elements of this film on its own terms, but then when you try start trying to tie it into like larger Batman mythos, like to, not just from like you know throwing in like the death of Bruce Wayne's parents, but and this is where I was trying to go earlier, but making this making the Batman Joker relationship into a blood feud, mm-hmm. all I want to say is no, yeah, no, mm. no, no, exactly, yep, oh, God. agreed, That's... yep, yeah, yeah I, I'd agree with you, and and it, um. It seems tacked on, honestly. Uh, you know, the part to where he goes to Wayne Manor and sees little Bruce, right, um, for the first time, and he chases him down. It just doesn't seem. It just does not seem to me like it serves. It serves this character any. Uh, you know, in in fact, uh, I agree with you. It, it, you know, it, it it adds this element that does not need to be there. Yeah, it's like. <sighs> I, I mean, it's it's like it's it. I mean, to the extent that there is ambiguity in this, like in this interpretation, it's like I'm gonna like 
like push that ambiguity to basically say that okay, yeah, you want to say maybe it's like you know Batman and Joker are half brothers. I say okay, maybe they are, maybe they're not. God damn it! Because okay, it's like maybe you want to you can have that tension, it's like and um ex- exploit it in your own way. Like okay, um to give an example of this um in um Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's first major arc on. On Batman, the like the city and court of owls, we are introduced to a character who thinks that he is Thomas Wayne Jr. And um, it's like, and while there is comics precedence for the existence existence of this character, Batman also like shoots down like this character's existence, like the fact that that he is like you know Thomas Wayne's you know like firstborn son. And um, like basically says like okay so no this isn't like this isn't true and you are just delusional and that's that's the kind of like um, approach that that guy I'm kind of taking taking with this here the idea that you know it's like that that the Joker is somehow related to to Batman and that his his enmity for Batman like it stems from like this personal thing is kind of like um like it, it, that it's personal rather than just like I don't know. It's like existential, like, you know, because because you know, Batman is all about imposing order on Gotham, like you know, creating a place where there is no there is no crime, and the Joker is all about just you know, smashing any notions of of order. It's like that's the kind of um, relationship that I like that I like to see in um, it's like it's like in my Batman jo- Joker stories and their origins as well. Because I I think when I'm saying this, I guess. I guess I'm going to get pretty close to actually talking about the actual Joker origins that we've had in the comics. So, I mean, John, it's like, are, are there any, is there anything else you want to add about the movie or stuff that you liked or like were annoyed by or whatnot? Oh, no. I mean, um, I think you hit the nails on the head there. Um, uh, and they're multiple. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think that, yeah, it, it could have dealt without those elements. Um, but, uh, you know, um, the whole mother, I, I don't know. There's, there's something else about this that kind of, this, this movie that kind of bugs me. Um, and I guess it has to do with, I mean, uh, you know, the character of, like I said, and, and I may have already said this, but it's the character of the Joker as a whole. Um, they didn't do a good job convincing me that this is the guy who, you know, uh, who is the person that, you know, we've read about. So a lot of, you know, like, um, you know, like even his, his mother and things like that, you know, it's sort of like, okay, well, that's a, you know, you find about this and you flip and things like that. I almost think, honestly, that Joker doesn't need an origin film, but I enjoyed the film. Okay. So, um, you know, and, okay. and, and the reason why is because it's so much better to me and I like the, I like the way that the script pulled it out. And that's what I was going to say earlier in like the dark Knight, where he talks about how he got his scars and he tells a different story every <laughs> time and i always thought that that was a neat thing it was like he can never tell the truth you know he's you know that you'd never know right and i was kind of hoping that this would actually be something like that um like i said uh you know i have that in the back of my head it's not impossible for me to to you know have uh a secondary set of expectations for a film that's why i say good film uh not a great joker film so yeah but also you think that um well i guess one of the thing one of the things i want to 
I guess one of the last thing I want to mention though is that the creators did give themselves a uh, get out of jail free card, like in the sense that you remember that scene where um, Arthur like is dejected, he's pulling stuff out of his fridge, and they just climbs right into it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a very much the that's a very much like that's a scene that basically says okay, the movie ended here, everything else was just like occurring as his like as his like half as his delusional fever dream as you ran out of oxygen in the fridge. Yep. Again, uh, I'm, I'm willing to go with any of that, but, uh, like I had commented before, that's me adding something to the film. And I like that. I really do. I think that I hadn't even thought of that angle, but yeah, I, cause I, I'd like, Oh wow. Yeah. That's fairly that, that in, 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 in most, cases is a fatal oh, man, thing. If I anything from G.I. Joe, it's like you can't get out of the fridge once you yeah. lock yourself in, man. Yeah, and I don't think that that was like, you know, your modern day, you know, a man John? or... Oh, hello? You there? Yeah. Hello? John? Yeah. Yeah, you there? I'm here. Did okay. you you lost uh, you lost connection for a second there? No big deal. I can cut this. Shit. Okay. I can trim it. It's it's easy. I can join these files together. Um, so continuing on again, it's adding something to it, and that's it's like okay, now I'm justifying the plot. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, you know um, that wasn't there. However, I'm willing to let them. I'll give them the get out of jail free card if they want to use it. Yeah, it's like, I mean, like they wouldn't have put that there if they didn't want to basically say at some point, oh, well, maybe this didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, this is, maybe it's like, you know, this is all in his head as he's just slowly dying in there. So, so like, and, and, and the one other comment I'd like to make real quick uh, before you continue on with your, your other analysis and comics um, that are related um, is I don't think we've ever heard this name before, have we? No, we have not. This is like the first time we've ever heard him refer, and I, I said it, I said it the other way that uh, you know it's he's been referred to as uh, uh, Napier before, but we've never heard the name Fleck or Arthur Fleck. This is the first time. So, and and I'm willing to even go as far as, okay, you can maybe he changes his name, maybe there's something you know that goes along with that. I don't know. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's an, that's an interesting thing. And, uh, the, uh, get out of jail free card. And I think that that's, I'll give it to him. <laughs> I'll give it to him. In fact, in fact, I'll be even a little bit more generous. I'll just say, Hey, look, if they decide that they wanted to make something else and then, and then retcon a little bit of, of that, um, you know, as, 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 as part delusional and, and, you know, even before that or around that, I'm totally good with that too. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, right. be- I'm being generous. So that's you know because because <laughs> they, they've they've earned it, they've earned that kind of generosity with you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because they they demonstrated yeah they could write something that you know I I'm I'm even good with the whole movie being fiction you know like in Joker's perspective being fictional. You know, it's like when you say it like that. It, it one of the things like that, that occurred to me after like I saw the film is that this does kind of feel like the it feels like the the movie itself feels like the kind of story that you know like you'd hear from the Joker. It's like 
like when when like someone like say it in the like when he's been caught by the police or he's been interviewed at Arkham Asylum, and they say, "Well, well, what happened to you? How did you get like this?" And then this is the story that he tells, and then like as soon as he's got the person on the hook, they be basically go, "Ha ha, gotcha!" And then he stabs a pencil in their ear and kills them. Yeah, exactly. Right, like the whole la- you know laughing uncontrollably thing doesn't necessarily have to be a condition per se right it's just nope. be something that he he's like i i just want you know i'm just gonna pander to your emotions this way you know like i'm manipulating the entire story i'm good with this honestly <laughs> if, if they want to do that and tell that in another in another movie i'd be like actually it would strengthen this film um so there you go <laughs> yeah so it's like but you know like this is just like one origin of Joker. I mean, it's like it's not the even the, the only cinematic origin of Joker. Of Joker, we've I mean, got we got that in like um, Tim Burton's original Batman '89, and you know it's like you know when it comes down to like interpretations of like you know the origin of Joker, it's like I kind of went through a few different like feelings about this to the point where like you know okay, like I want um, you know like I don't want to know the origin of Joker. Also feeling like yo, there's only one origin of Joker, and it should be protected. As I was, you know, going back and rereading these, like th- these origins of Joker. It's like you know, there's actually been like more origins of Joker than you'd think um, in comics. Really, in fact, they've even been doing it since um, 1951. Yes, um, way back in um, Detective Comics um, number 168, and I know this because I've got my. Um, Hardcover stack deck, stack deck, the greatest um, Joker stories ever told, and it's the story of the man behind the red hood, and it's it starts off interestingly enough as Batman being called in as a uh, guest lecturer for criminology at a at a university, which okay, but this is like like the you know, early fifties, so it's like you know you think like Batman stories should be a little silly that way, and this is also like a story written by um, co-creator um, Bill Finger and artist Sheldon Moldorf. And it's all about, it starts talking about like how Batman, there's one cr- criminal like during Batman's early days that he didn't catch. And that was the red hood. And um, we get some, like some goofy stuff or it's like early on. So he's Batman's running around. It's like running around campus, trying to catch people who are like, who's like, cause the red hood has shown up again after all these years. And running like you know, why is he doing? Why is he showing up now? And why, why is it, why is it when um Robin uses his like special chemical analyzing thing that like like this person's hair that the hood's hair turns up as green? What the hell's up with that? You know, well, as it turns out, like you know, not only has like the Red Hood been like you know, kid the original Red Hood been kidnapped and um put in a uh, shed by someone who wants to like you know criminate crimes by. By like assuming his identity, we find out that <gasps> shock of all shocks, the Red Hood was actually Joker. Because it turns out that um, last time Batman saw him, when um, the Red Hood was fi- was trying to um, get into the um, Monarch playing cards factory, well, like he got knocked into this um, vat of um, chemicals, um, swam out to sea, and um, wound up like you know, hey, like he ha- like all these chemicals, it's like turned. Like turned his skin white and his hair green, like like some kind of Joker, you know. So, so yeah, it's like this is like it's an interesting story, just just for the fact that you know it comes from like so far back, and to the point where like you know people would wouldn't have thought that hey, you know, it's like like 
you know, is the is the origin of Joker meant to be like sacred or un- unknowable? Like as someone, as some people like me, honestly, um, consider it these days. Well, no, it's like, and you know, it's like to be honest, it's like it's fine. It's like, is it? But um, but it's also noteworthy for the fact that it kind of serves as the uh, origin for the be- best um, Joker origin story. And uh, yeah, it's like you probably know where I'm going with this. It's it's the Killing Joke by Alan Moore and Brian Brian Boland, and. You know, it's like the story is notable for a lot of things. Just from the mature reader's approach takes to Batman, it's um, awful status quo change to Batgirl, and just like it's like a um, remorseless look at you know, the the fatal the ultimately fatal relationship between Batman and Joker. But it's also just like, but it's not, but it's really not just the Joker origin story. It's also it's really just a story about the Joker, like you know. Like trying to convince Batman that all it takes people to be, to um to be like him is just one bad day, and um he does this by trying to um inflict like this terrible, um like this this, this terrible awful fate onto um onto Commissioner Gordon. It's like and then but at the same time though it's like as as, as we're learning about like what all this horrible stuff that he's doing to Gordon, it's like we're getting the story of this like to some failed comedian who um, has a pregnant, pregnant wife. He's trying to get her a better, better life. He does this by hooking up with some criminals and they just want him to be um, like the new red hood. Cause Hey, like you got a hood on your face. It means added anonymity. And you know, it's like, as this is going on, it's like, I mean, you're kind of wondering like, where is this going? Like, I mean, what's, what's this guy's deal? And then it's not until like you're towards the end that you realize, oh, this is where it's going. And to be honest, you know, it's like this, the, that that kind of mystery is probably was gone even before I started talking about this. And you can probably guess where I was going with it. But it's, but you know, it's it's a Joker origin story that that really works because it's not just about the Joker's origin. It's about um, you know his mentality, it's like his relationship with Batman. There's a lot of stuff going on here, and that that it's not. And the fact that it's also like, you know, like the story of like how Batman's one of Batman's greatest villains came to be. It's like, that's honestly kind of a bit of gravy on top of an already excellent story. And that's really kind of Moore's genius. It's like, you know, that's like that he can give you that he can give you something like that. Like in addition to giving you a great story as it is, I mean, even like the end of it with um, Joker telling this one joke to Batman and both of them just, laughing about it at the end i mean that's creepy it's chilling it's but also but more than that it's the uh we're not so different you and i trope i mean that's an awful trope but it works because you know like it's the its name is never invoked i mean it's like when you see when you see batman like given to that laughter right there it's kind of like uh that that ain't right that's that's kind of creep. That's no nah, man. Duh, that ain't right. It's like, and that's that's like the genius appeal of of the story. I mean, like, like three decades after it was originally published, like it's still a compelling read through more script and Boland's. Um, it's like 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 immaculate pencils. I mean, yes, it's awful what happens to Tabs Batgirl in here, and it's like it's. 
it's like halfway to, towards fridging. It's like in the in its overall narrative, but there's like this level of artistry. I think you know, it's like I I could get past that stuff. Like just that's like to appreciate the story, what the story is saying right here. But and it's also worth mentioning that you know, it's like you think that okay, you created like a great origin of the Joker story, but to tell like weapons next, huh? Well, I take some fucking balls on you, doesn't it? Well, that's exactly what. Ed Brubaker and Doug Monka had um, when they did um, The Man Who Laughs back in 2005. And wow, it's like the, it's like, um, it's it's a fantastic story. I think, I think it's actually printed, reprinted within um, like some collections for um, like for The Killing Joke because, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a really well done procedural and it's also and it falls up naturally from the killing joke because well that was the story of the joker's origin the killing um the man who laughs is the story of batman's first encounter with the joker and um there's and it's and basically it's all about the joker just you know like trying like enacting some warped revenge on the people he believes that were responsible for turning him into the joker like through his own re- Twisted, twisted logic, and a an inexperienced Batman trying to catch up, trying to catch up with what he's done, in order to um like stop these killings, um before, before they happen. Especially when one of the um when one of the Joker's targets turns out to be none other than Bruce Wayne himself. It's a um, really solidly written story with some great art for Monk, and um high, and it's highly recommended as well. But you know, for years, I mean, like that that was kind of like the uh, like the de facto origin of the Joker, the killing joke. And then like many years later, we got um, like this, uh, this other like origin from none other than Paul Dini and Alex Ross. Whoa. I mean, holy crap. And it's like these guys, it's like working together. It's like apparently, and I would have um, sent you a link for this, John, but the problem is that this story, um, was apparently only reprinted in um, Batman Black and White Volume Two as an as an as a story specific to this volume, because it's basically all about you know it's like these um these these doctors at Arkham coming upon this um this case study about the Joker that reveals that wait maybe he's not um insane maybe what he's doing is it's like is perf- is just like it's may seem like irrational but it's like it's calculated irrationality just someone who just like looks at all this crazy stuff who who complete who thinks about all this crazy stuff and just like finds a way to make it to pull it off in real life not really unlike um what we got from heath ledger's take on the joker in the dark knight but it's all this but it's just like this interesting like take on this on the uh like on the joker as a as a mobster who um knew all the angles and um when he was turned into the joker found a way to just you know just have more freedom than before but well if the joker's not if the joker is sane then um like according to this report then why hasn't he been um then um dragged in front of a court again well that's mainly because of the uh the 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 reason for the like the doctor who actually compiled this report like in the first place and you know, as far as like Arkham, least trust the Arkham doctors. Well, I'll let you think about who um, that 
like who fits that description um, more than any more than anything else. So then we then there was another like um take on on the Joker's origin, like specifically years later in the bat in Batman Confidential. Batman Confidential was like a it was an anthology series, kind of meant to take the place of like the Legends of the Dark Knight series, where it just had like rota- a rotating um, creative team like tell stories about Batman from early, from his early days. And um, this is a and um, this is and the second arc of the series was um, called Lovers and Madmen by Michael Green, illustrated by Dennis Cohen. Um, Green has written I he's the guy who's written like lots of stuff, including I believe he's had a stint on TV show Heroes. It's also um co responsible for co-writing um blade runner 2049 and um it's like and the recent um murder on the orient express remake so he's not a guy who he's a guy who's got some like like cred when it comes to like writing like writing popular stuff but um and uh but the thing is like you know when when i heard that he was like they're like dc was giving us like oh this second arc of batman conference would be like about the origin of the joker i was kind of like Fuck that! I'm killing joke for life, yo. So, yeah, it's like I was not um, like interested in finding out this, this take on the Joker's origin at all. Well, you know, until I decided to do a podcast about Joker origins in comics. <laughs> Funny how that turned out. So, but as but is this some story? Was the story as bad as I was expecting? Not entirely. So it's still a uh, story about Batman's early years and it's and especially about Batman who um, comes comes into contact with this um, criminal like a master criminal who it, who comes into Gotham and like his first job he pulls he gives up halfway through because he realizes you know it was too easy it was boring it's like I don't I don't have the fun there's no fun to it any fun to doing this stuff anymore and even though he's encouraged by like a uh, by a girl at a bar to try and like, you know, Hey, you've got a gift. Why don't you just try and like, like embrace it and you'll find your, find your mirth again, your smile. It's like, it's like, and you know, he tries that, but it doesn't work until he encounters like, you know, this, this Batman character, this over the top embodiment of it's like someone trying to stop him that he realizes that, Hey, you know, maybe there is a, uh, it's like, yeah, I do have a reason for keep for trying to do this. And Batman and this guy cross paths a couple couple times. He stabs um, Bat- Batman's girlfriend through, like through the gut. Um, Batman throws his razor tip batarang, mind you, at this guy and he gives him some cuts around around his cheeks, just coincidentally enough to give him a um, rather wide grin, you know. And after this, you know, Batman realizes that hey, you know, this guy, it's like he's just. He's just plain nuts. It's like he's not like a rational type of criminal. He's just plain insane. Because you know he's when talked to like a, a rather respected doctor, you know, Doctor Jonathan Crane over, it's like over at Arkham to um to, like get some insight into this guy. And so he realizes that okay, well this guy's just plain nuts, and there's nothing I can do about them. Well, I'll just let the uh, mob. To let him know where he is so they can take care of it. Oh, wait, that's kind of bad. I should probably do something about that. And you kind of you know, see where the story kind of goes wrong. I mean, I liked um, like Cohen's um, really, really scratchy, almost impressionistic art. 
in the, in over the course of the series. And you know, there was and the idea of this, you know, this criminal who was just kind of like bored and depressed, and who finally finds his joie de vie again. It's like you know, fighting Batman. That's that kind of I kind of like that. But it, but you know, when um when Green goes into like really on the nose stuff, like. Like um like the proto Joker talking to this girl at the bar and she calls him Mr. J and you're like, wait a second, this is Harley Quinn, isn't it? It is, god damn it. It's like and just when when you're doing that this on those like when he cuts when Batman cuts, you know, these the, this grin into into like this proto joker's face, it's like, Oh, that's how he got his smile. Ah, I get it. And um, oh, and then the Joker winds up falling into that of um, antipsychotics at this um, like Eddie's chemical when he's been having the shit be out of him by these um, criminals. It's like okay, this there's there's I mean that there's there's more. I actually found like some stuff here that I like I enjoyed more than I was expecting to. But the on but it was just some of the stuff was just like really on the nose and obvious. It was just kind of like oh man. It's like, and especially when um you have Batman, you know, deciding that oh I'm going to, um like you know tell these criminals where the this Joker proto Joker character is so they can um deal with him themselves. Okay, you know it's like when it comes when you're dealing with like early Batman stories, like that's kind of like a license for him to do, you know, like take some of the character that you know we're not expecting to like, and. You know, but this though is going way too far. The idea that Batman would just try, you know, would turn things over to criminals to sort out. No, I don't believe it. For a better example, go turn to what um, Tom King had uh, Batman do at the end of the War and Jokes and Riddles, when um, the Riddler would just not shut up about why he was trying, what he was trying to do in order to make the Joker laugh again, and what Batman did in response to that. That's a good example of what you can do the kind of license you can you can have when you're trying to get Batman to do stuff he wouldn't normally do and how it can make good um like dramatic weight for a story. Not this one, however. So but as far as other Joker origins, I mean there's also um like a bit in um I was told in like Batman Streets of Gotham on volume three, The House of Hush, when um when um the Joker was torturing a uh, like a mob boss and um like halfway through and he has he like slashes him up and feeds him to some hyenas. And then we find out that, Hey, you know, it's like this, like, like this, um, like character that this, this little poor little kid that, that, that had ratted out the, uh, like what the mob boss is trying to do. Like, um, two, it's like, um, it's like two people at, um, at let's see Tompkins clinic and the, the mobster found out and he just like caught the kid and he's made him into his like slave and all. It's like, this is, this is meant to be um by Paul Dini's um take on like how the Joker came to be. So because apparently he, he um someone asked him like, hey wait is this character supposed to be like the Joker? It's like and um well and I trying to um Dini responded on Twitter saying yeah it is. It's 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 an interesting piece as far as this goes and um as far but as far as like the story the story itself goes I mean House of Flesh is interesting tale in the sense that it's kind of like coming at a really like a um, different time in Batman's um, timeline when because basically when um, you know Dick Grayson had basically assumed the role of Batman but then um, like 
like Bruce had come had was subsequently came back and had to and and you know and I'm um, resumed assume the role himself. So it's like there's I mean like um Dinny I think had some good ideas about what to do with Hush in terms of like the, like the villain who like has bat has um Bruce Wayne's face. And there's some interesting bits here, but it's also kind of like there's also like um like a lot of stuff going on here that just it feels like too unfocused, like ultimately in order to like to fully to fully work. It's got some good bits here, but I you kind of like I have to have to uh, like over I have to overlook a bit here, but but also um that's not the only like but we're not done yet because hey turns out that it's like that there's been some efforts to like nail down Joker in the New Fifty Two era. I mean um Andy Kubert of all people wrote a uh, Batman story um one during like their um, villains month years back he did like he did a story about you know about Joker who about Joker who um ha- ha- wants um by getting his own um, personal ape who he names Jack and Apes and um he raises himself and it causes him to, re- to remember the days back when his um his aunt Eleanor raised him it's like and like loved to scrub his mouth out with all sorts of all sorts of chemicals you know it's like it's like um for 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 a guy who's like spent most of his um career writing comic, I mean illustrating comics, this actually isn't like um as bad as I was expecting when he when it comes to him trying to, you know, add add some dimension to like uh, the origin of the Joker. I mean like it helps that um Andy that the artist, Andy Clark, um does a good crazy joker and also um like adds add some creepy um like vibes to his like to the old like young um baby joker or young joker um st- um like scenes but um like but it's not really something that you're that you're gonna like that you remember like aside from the fact that hey you know it's like you know that like joker got a like a special in this villains month and it was written by andy hubert okay that's fine but you know when it comes to joker origins in the uh in the new 52 Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo had the right idea with, um, their volume four of Batman, their first volume of zero year where, um, we get where it takes a lot from it. It borrows. A, this is a story that borrows a lot from not, not just Alan Moore, but also Frank Miller as well. And, um, in terms of like rewriting a store a series that, you know, just kick, um, like not just year um, Batman Year One, but also, I guess you know to replace the, the Killing Joke in um, like in continuity, it's really a lot better than it has the right to be because not only just have it has the right idea from the beginning in terms of presenting a, um, a like a Bruce Wayne who realizes that no, I'm I've like Bruce Wayne is dead. It's a, it's a Bruce Wayne who says Bruce Wayne is dead, and I am going to like you know fight fight a guerrilla war on crime from the shadows. And um, it's not until he realizes that, hey, not only is that, like, is this like, you know, like fighting crimes in the shadows not going to work, it's going to need a symbol, but also more than that, it's going to need someone bigger than that. It's going to need, it's going to need Bruce Wayne himself actually, like, fighting this. It's like, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of the genius of the story. Like, it's not just a story that, I mean, we knew that, obviously, this is all about, you know, Bruce Wayne becoming Batman, but it's also about Bruce Wayne realizing that he needs to be himself to fight um, the crimes of war that can be needs to be fought on two fronts. It's like in order to work. But where does the Joker come in on in this? Well, 
um, Bruce Wayne's um, antagonists here are the Red Hood gang, led by um, like a Red Hood, Red Hood Zero, and like they're the group themselves are just like completely anonymous, just people who like who were just like recruited, recruited or blackmailed by the Red Hood to um, present a like anonymous um like like ter- terror wave of crime. So, and um, when you get and um and when um, while well, you look at um like this this character who like identifies himself as Red Hood like Zero, it's like you realize that oh well this is the Joker obviously. So what's his so what's his deal here? So but he's like this, this weird like like idiosyncratic character who's like who who's just like who doesn't seem to have a real reason for what he's doing. And um, it's like, and that I think that works, and um, especially when you find out at the very end when um, when like when um, Bruce and Alfred are tracking down, try, are like um, following up the uh, like like the detective, the detective work on trying to track down who this character was, they find out that the actual leader of the gang, the original leader of the gang, has been dead for a couple weeks. So. Who the hell was this guy? Who the hell was this person who dude who figured that the best way to instill discipline in his groups was to have them chew uh, chew through liquid cement until it hardened? We'll never know. And that's and that's that's kind of like Joker origin story that I it's like that I appreciate appreciate you know this the kind of the story that that you know leaves. Like these, like wondering, like, oh, who is this guy? I mean, yes, the Killing Joke is kind of like the, uh, like the platonic ideal of this thing, of what I want, like the Orphan's Joker to be. But stories like Zero Year and also um, Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight, with um, like the brilliant Heath Ledger take on it, to the point where I mean, yeah, he says that yeah, if I, hey, if I have to have a history, I prefer to be multiple choice. Well, that's not. Um, like from the movie, that's from that's 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 from the Killing Joke, and you know it's like, as far as like Joker stories go, origin stories go, let, let's get more of them. Let's like as many as, as as there are stars in the sky, because you know it's like anything that that will confuse the, the uh, like the actual thing to, to basically basically say because at this point, you know it's like there's like there's several Joker story origin stories out there, but there's not really. You can also point to one like the Killing Joke and say like you know this is the definitive one, but you know let's just get more to the point where like we can just basically say like no, there is no definitive origin of the Joker out there. Let's um just make it just, like it's just be completely unknowable, just completely random. I mean, and so yeah, I mean, I th- yeah, I've got issues with how like the this the Joker movie interacts with the Batman mythos. But you know, it's as far as like a Joker origin story goes, let's throw that in here as well. Like we got Batman '89. It's like we've got um, the Killing Joke. We've got Zero Year. We've got um, the Man in the Red Hood. Throw them all in. It's like yo, these are all true. It's like it's like they're all true. They're all false. So it's like yeah, it's like let's like let's get more Joker origin story. Let's make it confused. Let's make it so like his past truly is multiple choice. That he is chaos. That he can never be known. That's that's what I want to see from my Joker stories. So hey, you got another one? Go for it. But really, it's like Alan Moore kind of wrote the best one, so consider that first. All right, John. It's like uh, any thoughts on your end about all this? Oh, I agree. 
um, completely. I have no, I have no extra thoughts outside of I completely agree with you on that, um, on every aspect of it. In fact, um, so I don't know. Are you a fan of Deep Space Nine? Okay, so for those of <laughs> people that are, there's this character named Garrick. He's on the station. He's an exiled Cardassian, and he's supposedly like an ex. Uh, you know, an, a, a member of the order uh, of, uh, you know, like an ex-member of the Obsidian Order. Like, he's like a, you know, he was a really ruthless guy, and then he was um, he was uh, kind of uh, exiled to the station, uh, you know, and not allowed to return to his home planet. And uh, there's this one, it's early on, it's, a, it's, a, it's in season two, and he befriends the Doctor, or at least we think so, um, and uh, he his you know and and he has this implant in his head that he got, and he couldn't stand living on the station for so long you know it, you know um, being an exile so he used to uh, the implant was so that he could resist torture. So, um, so he said he turned it on a little bit more and it would just pump him full of endorphins so he could, you know, tolerate it. And then he pumped it on and then he just, he, he tells the doctor because he's the, the, the origin of this particular story here is that, is that he's suffering because the device is breaking down. <laughs> and so he, uh, he tells the doctor that, uh, you know, he tells him that, that, um, you know, one day he just left it on and he never turned it off <laughs> so, <laughs> which is the which is the you know thing he uh you know he goes to the 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 former head of the order uh goes to cardassia because he he understands that that's the person that could probably help him the most um and uh and and he you know and he's like yeah he told me about this story about about his uh about his friend um, you know, that he, he worked, you know, his name was, uh, you know, like Elam <laughs> and the guy tells him, ah, oh, he's such a practiced liar. That's just his first name. Like you could never, ever trust anything that this character says. And, um, and, uh, you know, as, as, uh, you know, so he gives him the cure, uh, he gives the doctor, the Starfleet doctor, the cure for it, but he's like, you shouldn't be thanking me, uh, and he, you know, because I'm letting him live, because, and that's, that's going to be the worst torture, it'd be better off if he died. So anyway, um, regardless, he's such a practiced liar, um, at the end of it. You know, um, you know, doctor comes back and he's treating him and he's getting a little, he's getting better. And, uh, and he, and he asks him the question, he's like, so, so which part of your stories were true? You know, he's all, uh, he's like, well, um, he's like, they're all true. And, <laughs> and then the doctor says, well, what about the lies? And he says, especially the lies. so you could uh, you know which is like to me um kind of remind you know it's like yeah i kind of like that and by the way his character mellows out a lot more in later seasons unfortunately i think i think it was kind of cool the way that they wrote his his character um but uh you know he was i mean he was (laughs) uh, one of the things that uh you know and and you (laughs) 
uh, and I like this. Um, you know, he tells this. Uh, you know, someone tells him the story about uh, about the boy who cried wolf. You know, he, uh, you know, he's like, "Haven't you ever heard?" Yeah, I think he's a doctor. He's, like, "Haven't you ever heard of the story of the boy who cried wolf?" And 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 he tells it to him. He's like, "Oh yeah." He tells it. You know, he's like, "Oh, the the boy cries wolf." Blah 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 blah. You know, and and then the villagers don't come out the third time because they think you know he's you know that that he's lying. And uh, and he says, "So you see the moral of the story?" And he's like. Like, yeah, you never tell the same lie twice. <laughs> so, uh. so, and I think of, I think of the Joker as someone who's like that, right? Like, you're just always diverted. Like, he's such a manipulator. I, at least that's how I see him. And that's how I would like to, like I said, uh, when we were talking about, uh, you know, this movie, I'm willing to forgive the whole damn movie. <laughs> as as just some more subterfuge. If they did that, I, I mean, I could see them coming out with another Joker film, and like completely doing. Man, I would be like, yeah, do that. I don't know how much how much stomach people will have for that, but I'd watch it. So yeah, I mean, you know, um, yeah, bring it on. <laughs> Make all of the origin stories subterfuge, all of them. I'd love it. So yeah. I'd totally go see another another Joker origin story based mm-hmm. based on th- on that idea alone. Now that that would be a great trick. I would love yeah. to see them do that. And if they had the balls to do it, then yeah, yeah, throw it in, do it. Yeah, you can even throw you know you can even throw uh you can throw you can throw Bruce Wayne into it, Thomas Wayne, and everything else. Fine, do it all. <laughs> you know, make it different. Anyway, so yeah, I agree with you completely. Um, and I think, uh, I think people should go and see the film, um, you know, and, uh, maybe we'll see, uh, you know, maybe more explanations coming, maybe that, you know, in that, that sequel, I mean, it did fantastic this last weekend, as we discussed earlier. So. And God knows, like, companies like Warner Brothers, they sure love money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeesh. Yeah, you could milk this one for a while, Warner Brothers. Take some notes. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so do you know what you're going to be talking about next time? Oh yeah, it's like because next time we go not gentle into that good night, but go driving a converted tank covered in glitter and spangles. The sound system audible from Mars, blaring, blaring nothing but bangers. Gods, pop stars, and ending. It's all about the um, final volume and the retrospective on the wicked and divine. The series of the series I'm looking forward to seeing seeing its ending since the beginning of the year, and longer than that, really. So we'll see you then to talk about it. All right, catch you next time on Comp Picks by the Glick. Laters.